Hi everyone, welcome to Parashas Nasai. The Jewish people are preparing to travel, and this week's parasha feels like a very random parasha. So we open up the parasha, we're talking about Gershon, Gahas, and Merari, the three Levite families and their roles, counting them, and their roles in carrying things when they embark on their journey. Then we talk about those that are banished from the camp. Then we talk about the Ishasaita, the adulterous woman. Then we talk about the Nazir, the one that takes an oath upon themselves to remove themselves from drinking wine, from cutting their hair, from going near the dead. Then we talk about the Nesim, Yivarechacha, the very famous, beautiful, priestly blessing. Then we talk about the 12 Nesim bringing their individual karbanais, all exactly the same, yet it's repeated to show the power of our intentions. And lastly, Hashem telling Masha how he would like to speak to him through the Ayah Mayed. Now, what does this entire parsha have in common? At first glance, it seems like there is nothing. Jonathan Sachs says something very interesting. He talks about that the theme of this week's parsha is the concept of Shalom. How do we see this? We see this from the last words of the priestly blessing. Peace. We also have this idea of Yisa Hashem. Hashem should raise us up. And that's a hint to the first word of the parsha, which is Nasa, the concept of raise up. Really, the word Nasa over here means to count. Nasa es rush b'nei Gershon, count the heads of b'nei Gershon. But the word Nasa physically, in a, in, a, in a literal sense, means to lift up. What is this theme of parsha, which is really lifting up and the concept of peace? The word shalom actually doesn't just mean peace, but it comes from the word shleimos, shleimot, which means completion. This concept that every single thing in this world is, is, is all united and really connected and really all one. How is the word shalom seem, seen in this parsha more than any other parsha? And the truth is, Yiddishkeit, Judaism, is obsessed with peace. We see it in the way, even in Yiddishkeit, the way in Hebrew, the way we even interact with each other. Shalom, we open up with this concept of peace. Shalom is part and parcel of being Jewish, this concept of peace and unity. We see this in the Parsha, of how peace is essentially, how do we get to peace? So step one, we open up, we're talking about Gershon, Gahas, and Merari. These three families have their own specific roles. Hashem is telling us how do we create peace by recognizing our roles, recognizing who we are, recognizing that we're all individuals. How does quarrels break out when you look at the person next to you and say, I want what you have? And it's foreshadowing to the family of Kahas. In the family of Kahas, we have Karach. In a few parashiyot, Karach says, I'm not happy with my role, and therefore ensues in creating this quarrel amongst the nation this coup d'etat against Moshe Rabbeinu. Essentially, the way in which we create peace is recognizing that we each have a unique talent. And by looking at other people, we are not creating a peaceful society. The next thing that we talk about is the concept of the Isha Saita, the adulterous woman, which was a concept that growing up I always felt uncomfortable with. But after looking at and reading at the depth of this story, we see that how much Hashem puts himself on the line for the concept of family unity, which is really something revolutionary if we look around about ancient world marital relations and marital practices. 
There is a man that sees that his wife has essentially been in seclusion with another man. Two witnesses have seen them. And the Bethans tell her, like, you don't have to be in this relationship. You can leave and you can marry this man that you are interested in. And she says, no, I am innocent. And the Bethans convince her and they tell her, no, like, you don't have to be in this relationship. Because if she goes ahead and claims that she is innocent, she has to go through a very strange process, which is the process of taking, giving a barley offering, and then Hashem's name, the name of Hashem, which is a name of Hashem, it can never be erased. It's taken very, very seriously. Even nowadays, we're so careful that we have the name of Hashem. We don't just throw it in the bin. We put it in Seamus. We put it in a, We take special measures. Here, Hashem's name is going to be fully disintegrated, put into this bitter water in which she drinks. If she is innocent, she becomes fruitful and has a lot of blessing in her life. If not... She develops terrible disease in her stomach and her intestines blow up. It's a very strange story at first value. And there's something very different about it. Yes, we have constantly in the Torah people that are sinning and people that the Torah is all about Shabbat. The Torah is all about returning. But never do we have such extreme measures. Hashem taking his name and dissolving it within bitter waters. And Hashem here is telling us something very powerful. And that is, if you, the way in which there is friction, how do we have friction when there is ego, when there's a sense of I? Hashem is saying, metaphorically, in a way that we can learn from Hashem, saying, Hashem says, I will dissolve myself, I will dissolve my name for the sake of peace. The ego, the sense of I, the sense of I am, is what is creating this friction and this separation within this relationship. Hashem is saying, I will do anything to make sure that you are united as a couple, even putting myself aside. Then the parasha continues and talks about the priestly blessings, this concept of ahava. It's interesting because if the bracha that the priests say when they go up is Hashem, I want you to give me the strength to give me the blessings, but ahava with love. There's no other blessing in the Torah that includes this concept of love, this concept of ava. If you think about it, we never say, I'm going to light the candles, but ava, with love. Or I'm going to eat my food, but ava, with love. So much so that Halacha says that if you have a certain vendetta against someone in the community, you are, as a priest, you are not allowed to get up there and say this blessing because you don't have true love in your heart. If you have... Uh, if there is any that in order to that peace brings love that love is a fundamental element that you cannot bring peace if you don't have this sense of love and the last story that we talk about in the parsha is the concept and the idea of each one of the priests bringing their own blessings their own their own sacrifices the Torah is so careful for everyone. Not an extra word is repeated. Yet, even though all our actions are the same, and maybe I light my Shabbat candles and you light your Shabbat candles. Maybe I learn Torah and you learn Torah. Maybe we are doing the exact same thing. But Hashem recognized the uniqueness, the men's ray, the intention behind every single thing that we are all doing. Hashem recognizes that what I am doing and what you are doing has a unique flavor just because we are individual. So how do we create shalom? Number one, 
like the Levite families, we have to remember our unique roles. Number two, from learning about the concept of Saita, we have to recognize that just like Hashem will dissolve himself and put his ego aside for unity, for Shalom, we need to be, we need to move, take our ego aside. Only through putting our ego aside, we have to recognize the concept of Shalom, that that Ava, that Ava and Shalom are in, in, it's, it's, it's so interconnected that the only way that we'll be able to have Shalom is if we have love for our fellow Jews, if we have love for each other. The Kohanim bless us Ava with love. And then how do we create Shalom even more? By recognizing that each one of us are unique. And even though it might look like we're doing a similar thing in our serving of Hashem, our men's right, our intentions mean something to Hashem. So how do we create Shleimot? How do we create complete completion in our lives? By recognizing our value. And it's interesting because recognizing our value and ego is completely opposite ends of the spectrum. By recognizing how what your individual role is, that you are put in this world for a purpose, you realize it's not about you. You realize that you all you need to do is spread love for the people around you because the people around you also have a unique role and they're also here for a purpose. And if we're arrogant and we think all about ourselves, the whole day you're so consumed and so self-conscious, you don't have time for anyone else in your life. You don't have time to actually commit to what you are meant to be doing in this world. And through that, we come to the level of NASA come to the level of being uplifted, of living on a higher dimension and being the best, most true, highest version of ourselves. Wishing us a beautiful Shabbos.